Christopher. Music distribution, what's your top tip? Um, well, my top tip is uh, like prepare, you know, don't be prepared, be prepared. So that actually involves quite a lot of things. You need to, first of all, you have to make sure you've got all the assets, which is what well, the artwork, obviously the music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the music that has to be in certain format, you know, it's like WAV, obviously. Um, you might need 16-bit and 24-bit because standard distribution is still 16-bit. Um, but if it's going through like Apple Digital Masters, formerly Mastered for iTunes or uh, Tidal, Hi-Fi or what have you, that's going to go through a separate pathway um, and that will be a 24-bit file. So work with your mastering engineer um, or if you're mastering yourself, make sure that you are exporting in in the formats and uh, work with your distributor or look up their requirements for that sort of thing whether it's you know cd baby tunecore distro kids uh you know look that up uh, with them other assets include yeah the artwork that's going to need to be in a certain format um you know and you need to give yourself time because maybe you made a mistake on one of these things and then that slows down the whole process you know that's why it's important to uh, set up your releases way in advance. Like if it's like a an album or, or what have you, people say like, you know, four weeks, six weeks sometimes. Um, I mean, if you're doing like an album campaign, it's probably going to be even longer than that anyway, right? Um, but yeah, so you need your assets, you need them in the correct format and all of that sort of thing. For artwork, there'll be requirements for what's actually on the arts itself. You usually, you probably... Uh, Usually you can't use like websites and that sort of thing. It just has to be the artwork uh, with the name of the album and that sort of thing. Um, you need metadata, right? Metadata is huge. Uh, metadata is the ISRC, which is a unique um, identifier for the recording. You, you should have the ISWC as well, ISWC, which is a unique identifier for the song. Um, you'll need a UPC which is the barcode, the product uh, code for the album or the single or the EP. Um, your distributor will probably generate the, the UPC and the ISRCs for you if you don't have them. Um, but you need to make sure you have that to hand. You should have your own copies of those things as well in case you move distributor or, or whatever. Also, just cataloging your stuff is, is a good idea. Um, Credits, producer credits, you know, engineer credits, songwriter credits, have all of that uh, available to you. Uh, you should probably have agreed to various splits between producers and artists and songwriters. All of that needs to be agreed because the moment it starts generating royalties, then this stuff really, really matters. Um, you just need to be prepared. Like you need to have everything in place. You need to know when you're going to release it. You also need to do things like, um, like on Spotify, for example, they have a uh, a process where you submit the music to the Spotify editorial team, um, who are like in-house curators at Spotify that selects tracks to go in there. Uh, their playlists, like some of their big playlists. Um, 
last time I checked, I think you still need at least seven days before the release to do that. And in that process, uh, it asks you about the song um, and it asks you like how you're promoting it and that sort of thing. So all of this copy, you got to have that written out. You got to have that prepared amongst your other assets. You've probably got an EPK as well, an electronic press kit. All of these marketing assets, you need to have those ready as well to effectively promote the release ahead of it and, and after it. Um, so yeah, also you need to choose your distributor. That might take a little while and that's going to uh, that's going to be based on a handful of factors, such as uh, the pricing, uh, the features, um, you know, the, if they're going to support you in other ways and what kind of deal it is. It might be more of a label services deal um, or you might just be paying a DIY distributor such as TuneCore, CD Baby or DistroKid to just distribute the stuff for you. Uh, you need to factor in like publishing. And that sort of thing, because when records are streamed and downloaded, they generate royalties on the publishing side, mechanical royalties, performance royalties, that sort of thing. You need to make sure you're collecting on that as well. Maybe you have a publishing administrator already or you're a published songwriter, in which case those, uh, the entities that you're signed with or you're using will collect those for you. Um, but if not, you might need a pub admin some of the distributors offer publishing administration like CD Baby and TuneCore, or you can use like SongTrust. You need to make sure you're affiliated with your performing rights organization to collect performance royalties generated by streaming, that sort of thing. In the UK, we have PRS for music. Um, and in the United States, there's ASCAP, BMI, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, there's like, there's a lot, you know, you think when you think about music distribution in the abstract, you're like, here are the WAV files, those are the platforms and that's it. But it's way more than that. Oh, not even to mention that uh, your distributor is probably how you get your music into YouTube's content ID system, right? So, uh, so that if someone uses your music in their video content, um, it's recognized and that you get, you know, a share of their ad revenue generated by it. Things like getting the music into Shazam. So if someone hears your song on the radio or something and they Shazam it on the Shazam app on their phone, uh, Shazam recognizes the music and then you get that transaction, you know. Uh, so there's actually a lot. Um, there's even things like you need to think about registering for sound exchange so that you're collecting royalties when your music is used in non-interactive streaming platforms, that sort of thing. So there's a lot, right? Um, and that's just the stuff I thought of on, on the top of my head. But, you know, it's, it's not just a matter of pushing out audio files, is what I mean. And, you know, if you don't have a distributor already and you haven't done this before, everything I've just said is something to think about and look into, for sure. Yeah, it's probably a good idea to make a list yeah. of exactly what you need to do and when you need to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and just be well prepared. Don't, you're not going to release it tomorrow. Like, and the moment, you know, don't, like, don't set a release date if you are not confident that the masters are going to be ready by then or by, you know, by the time you start uh, uploading it to the distribution platform. Okay, so let's say your music's online, you've done all that. 
how do you get people to uh, start to listen to your song? Your right. songs? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a whole other thing. So in terms of like getting people to stream your music, I mean, first of all, like if you don't have an audience, I mean, you have to have an audience, right? Now, if you're doing this for the long term and you're trying to build a brand and that sort of thing, that is a long term affair. It's not something that happens necessarily in one release or should it all happen in one release? It's something you build over time, right? Um, and there's myriad ways of doing that. Like, you know, for, a lot, for some people that's making dance videos on TikTok and building up an audience that way, or it's putting, uh, making content on YouTube or Instagram. Obviously, like we could talk forever about that stuff. One way is to get, to try and get your music on loads of playlists, for example. That's a really, you know, that's definitely an effective way of getting the music heard. But at that point, um, the, the problem with that is you get on loads of playlists, right? And your music gets streamed by thousands of people, right? Sometimes, like, because you might get on a handful of playlists, they've all got thousands of listeners, and you, you get thousands, tens of thousands of streams. But then 30 days later, you're not on those playlists anymore because, you know, they rotate, they have a cycle. And, you know, the people who did hear your song once, two times, three times, you, your song's not on those playlists anymore. And, you know, you, um, you're, you're kind of forgotten about in the sense that like, because they never knew your name anyway, right? There's, I've got loads of playlists with loads of music on them and I still don't know the artists, right? Um, so, and it happens, I've managed enough Spotify for artist accounts to know it. Like you, you have, uh, you get on loads of playlists, the streaming numbers go all the way up and then monthly listeners go down again and you're kind of back at square one, you know? So for me, like, that's why you have to like build a brand, build an audience directly, you know? Don't just focus on streaming numbers, focus on getting fans, right? But it's a long-term affair. It doesn't happen overnight. Playlists can happen overnight, but easy come, easy go. Yeah, so it might be worth getting on the playlist, but don't expect too much. It's not going to move the needle on a career, right? It, I mean, you, I, I hear it all of the time from like artists that I know and artists that they know. They're like, you know, you can get on, you can get millions of streams and still no one knows you exist. Actually, you, you know, you can get millions of streams and still not be able to sell a single T-shirt or a ticket. You know, it's. Because it's, I get it, right? Like Spotify, especially the way that Spotify works, it's numbers driven. It's like numbers of streams, numbers of monthly listeners. So you you believe in it, right? Um, and it does, and it can be quite motivating when you get thousands or tens of thousands of streams. But uh, it it goes down again, and you know you get to the other side of the peak, and you're kind of back at square one. So it's not just about what I mean is like. That's not a marketing strategy. That's just getting the music heard, which is great. But building a career as an artist, building a fan base as an artist, isn't just about getting the music heard, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you think like content marketing or gigs, like performance? Yeah. I mean, 
well, I guess is a all of, a lot the of different things, yeah. And whatever works for you. Like it's not there's no secret sauce, is there? There's no like one size fits all um kind of solution to this. Yeah. Like people people different people build brands in myriad different ways, right? Um and there's definitely gonna be a trial and error element of it. What I will say though is that um not I don't think everything is about, you know, social media and like trying to be across all these different platforms. Um, what I would argue is that like, uh, is to have a model for your marketing and not just like doing Instagram, like doing five Instagrams a day and then seven TikToks a day and then two YouTubes a week and this and this and this, that's not a model. That's just spinning loads of plates. Um, a model is something that you can do sustainably and that moves the needle, right? Because if you're doing seven different platforms, it's very likely 80% of the work is done by 20% of it, right? And oftentimes, a lot of people don't actually know what's really moving the needle because it's just like, make as much noise across um, the platforms as possible and what happens, happens. But I would argue you need a model. That's where that's why people talk about like the funnel in marketing, right? The the concept of a marketing funnel, where you know the, there's like the awareness stage and like consideration, interest, purchase, subscription, whatever you call it. Um, you have to like have a model for your marketing, if that makes sense. Um, you know, like it might be, for example, that on TikTok, that's where you build the the top layer of the funnel. But the people from your TikTok who go on to, you know, join your mailing list are the next layer in the funnel. And then the people in the mailing list, uh, the 10% of the people in your mailing list who buy your tickets or buy your t-shirt, then the next layer of the funnel, right? You have to have a model. It can't just be like, oh, just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks, you know? Yeah, at more like, uh... I guess, an entrepreneur or a business owner rather than just an artist. Yeah, well, an artist is a business, right? It, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it's uh, lesson one. It's 101 in building a career in, in music or in anything as an artist, as a producer, whatever you are, you're building a business. At the end of the day, you want a transaction to happen that's in your favor. That's a business, isn't it? Um, I mean, even in Donald, Donald Passman's book, it's like the first thing, your business. Um, and, you know. What's that book for people watching? Everything You Need to Know About the Music Business by Donald Passman. Um, it's like the industry um, Bible, if you like. Um, but, you know, he's not the only one who says it because it's just true, isn't it? It's a business and it's easy to forget that, but like, and it's kind of scary thought if you're just making music and you've just decided that you want it to, you want a career from it, but you're building a business. And in that business, you have intellectual property, you've got goals, you've got marketing, you've got accounting, you know, like you've got a bunch of boring things as well, but it has to happen. Team members, if you have worked with mixed engineers, managers. Yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. Um, so yeah, like going back to the music distribution and getting your music heard, and knowing that we're building a business, it's not just about getting the music heard. 
because um, you know you can get the music heard just by going outside and playing your music. Right? It's about building the brand. You have to build a brand, yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's a lot of work. So do you think it's worth experimenting different uh, social media platforms to see which, one, see which one works for you? I wouldn't necessarily, it, I don't, it's just, it's so, it, we, we quickly go to social media, right? But what I think it is actually is about content and then, and then it's about platforms and distribution, right? Because you might be, I don't know, you might be, uh, because an artist isn't just one thing, right? Like I think when we talk about artists, we imagine there's one kind of artist and they only do that. But who, who knows that artist? I, nearly all of the artists I know, do they have other elements to their brand, right? It's not, they don't just, they, they, they are, they have a story. They might also be good on camera or they might not be good on camera or they might be good at live streaming or they might not be like, people are multifaceted, right? And um, that's why, again, there's no like one size fits all kind of solution for this. You do kind of have to find your voice. But what I will say is that like, you know, for me, there's no more qualified person to do marketing than someone who writes songs, right? What's, what's marketing? It's words, it's copy, it's... Storytelling. Storytelling. Who's more qualified to do that than an artist? You know, like, and that comes to another thing, which is derive the marketing from the product. I mean, the amount of times I've, you know, I've given, I've said to an artist, I'm like, have you tried, like, putting the lyrics up? Like, you know, like, deriving from the lyrics and using that in the marketing content. You've already written it. You know, it's deriving the, uh, it's, it's deriving the marketing from the product, but also like deriving the, um, deriving the marketing from the brand, from the artist, from the story, what have you. That's why I like podcasts and that sort of thing. It's such like an easy way for artists to just tell their story almost automatically. You know, you get two artists talking to each other on a podcast, they're going to start telling stories at some point, and then that's content, you know, then that can go out onto different platforms and that sort of thing. That's like, that's where like content marketing comes in and having a good model for your content marketing comes in, you know, start with a hero piece of content, like a, like a music video and or a video podcast or a live stream of you and your music. And then from that, chop that down into social media assets. That's why I think it's good to start with the content, start with the story, the brand, you know. And sometimes that needs defining. Sometimes like an artist like hasn't found their brand and that takes time first, you know. Um, so yeah. Some good tips. Don't expect things to happen overnight. <laughs> yeah, it's just long term, Yeah, right? I mean, to be honest, a lot of this is just long term thinking over short term thinking. Another thing I will say though, is uh, and this is something I've thought about a lot and, you know, is it, it's easy to get caught up in the releasing of music, right? I Sometimes I think, you know, it's not all going to happen in, in, a, in, a, in a release. I've said to artists that I worked with before, I'm like, look, you know, and because releasing music is frightening. You've poured your heart and soul into something and then you, the idea that you're going to expose it to the world is, is frightening and people like, you know, 
they delay releasing music or sometimes they never do it. And when, um, uh, and I've had to say to artists before, I'm like, look, this isn't the last thing you're going to release. It's no big deal, right? I get it. I get it. It is a big deal. But, you know, the moment this one's released, you're already working on the next one. You're, the second this one's released, you begin the campaign for the next one. You know, that's just, you know, and I get it because we're used to thinking that if the release doesn't get, you know, this is like historical old thinking, if the release doesn't get enough traction, then I'm going to get a debit note from the, from the shop in a few months. That's not how this works anymore, right? Um, and, uh, you know, once it's up, it's up. And, I, and I've said to artists before, I'm like, look, don't worry about it too much. Like, you've, you've made the music, you have to release it anyway, right? But every release that you do, it's just an event in time that adds to the larger body of work that is your catalog, that is your discography, right? So, you know, it doesn't have to be that like each release gets the most streams possible because that will somehow unlock everything for you. You just have to be, I've said before, like campaign in perpetuity, right? You're always on, you know, you'll take a break every so often, but like you are, it is a long-term, it's one big campaign is what I mean. And in the short term, if you don't get a million streams on that first release, cool, next. The next release, you're not going to stop making music anytime soon. Does that make sense? Yeah, some good things to think about. Yeah. You can always release another video, you can always release another remix, you can always, you've always, you know, every artist that I've worked with, they've got like, you know, many songs, many tracks in the in the back burner. I'm like, cool. Don't expect the first one to go viral. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. I get it though. I get it. It's like, oh, this is the one. You know when you know the last thing you've always created is it's always your, the best. It's always the best. Yeah. This is it. This is the <laughs> one. This yeah. is the one. This is it. It never is. It's just it's just another yeah, another addition to the body of work. Cool. Good things to think about. Christopher from Unlock Your Sound. We'll see you in the next one.